because of when we find that belief, we can absolutely change our beliefs and because of that, we can shape our reality. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of this podcast. I am so glad you are here and so excited for today's episode. I have been doing a lot of interviews recently, and um, I love to connect with others who are helping women as well as men, certainly because women are not the only ones who uh, deal with eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all those kind of and addictions and things like that. Today, um, we are connecting with uh, Stell Coombe-Heath. She is coming to us from Australia, so she just um, is starting her day there as we are mid-afternoon here when we're recording. So um, I'm excited to have her here today. Her business is The Wholesome Lifestyle Project. Again, really talks about reclaiming your inner goddess and really talks very openly about helping people with their body image and just really accepting themselves the way they are. And um, so welcome to my show today, Stell. I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Moira. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. And I'm always excited to connect with people that are in another another place than 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 we are. I just, again, I find technology fascinating. And I think I may have shared with you when we first connected that uh, we had an exchange student live with us for a year from Australia. Oh, right. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And she, um, so we were introduced to Australia way back when I was in, um, well, in high school is when she joined us for the year. And um, she was my sister's age, who's two years older than me. And um, we just had a blast with Brenda. It was so much fun. <laughs> we have stayed in touch with her over the years. I believe they they live in England now. Okay. But um, my sister, well, actually, she invited my sister just a little side before we get started here. But she invited my sister and myself to be in her wedding when she did get married. Um, and I was taking my nursing boards that summer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not able to go, unfortunately, to Australia, but my sister did. Um, she went over and visited with Brenda for a little bit, enjoyed uh, being part of her wedding. And um, so someday I hope to get over to Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, it's never too late. And well, now you know me, so you're welcome. I can show you right. around. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, there's another gal that I interviewed Right in the beginning of my podcast, too, we connected, and she is from Aust also from Australia. So I've got some connections there, so I appreciate that, and uh, hopefully someday <laughs> we'll get over there. So, But um, as we get started here, um, again, love to have people uh, start with their story of how they, where their struggles were, and how they began, and not all of the details and things like that, but it's important because certainly you are helping people today because of the things that you went through. So. I'd love to have you start today with your story and how how your eating disorders began and kind of what that journey was like. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, 
I think from a very young age, I had, I was very conscious of my body and how it looked from the age of 12. I was, I didn't know it was a diet, but I was following a very restrictive um, eating pattern back then. For many years, I don't think I really realized that I had eating problems. <laughs> um, I actually just thought I had problems with, um, that food was the problem. And I just needed to find the right way to cut out certain foods and then be disciplined with, with that specific food group. And then all my problems were here. <laughs> mm. But my eating issues really started about, I would say about 15 years ago. I was on a on a health journey. I I wasn't very healthy to start off with. Like I was smoking um, cigarettes and drinking coffee all day, and then I'd binge at night time. And I realized that this was not a really healthy way for me to to live. So I started uh, running, started eating healthier, and naturally, obviously, I started seeing um, changes in my body. Um, I started seeing some weight loss. So I decided to keep going with this process and be more restrictive and more obsessive with the foods I ate and exercise. And, you know, throughout that process, even though I was living this healthy lifestyle, I was, um, you know, exercising regularly, I still had a binge eating problem. And I just put it down to more discipline, um, as I mentioned before, more discipline and also avoiding cutting out, never eating sugar again, you know, mm, <laughs> I'm sure everyone right. can relate to that. <laughs> and yeah, it just backfired in my face time and time again to the point where I was um, binge eating every day and I was running 60 to 100 kilometers a week to make up for my eating. Um, I became extremely obsessive with what I ate because of the fact that, you know, this binge eating was still a problem. So that's where the orthorexia started coming in. I didn't trust um, other people to cook food for me and restaurants I would potentially not eat or I'd be extremely picky. Like, you know, at home, I'd drive my husband crazy because I'd like, we can't eat that because it has this in and we can't cook with that because of X, Y, and Z. We can't, you know, so everything <laughs> had to be pretty much air is what I wanted to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Because that had no calories and it had no toxins or whatever the case is. Still, my binge eating was a problem. And so that's kind of where I, my story started. It was like obviously years and years of endless cycles of, you know, the eating issues, but then also like the, just the, the emotional turmoil that goes with that. You know, there's so much emotional, I don't want to, probably a bit of trauma when we binge, binge eat and we don't want to. It's like everything um, in your body um, is fighting you and you want you want to be healthy, but your body kind of just fights against that. And so it starts eating at your self-esteem. It starts eating at the way you show up and at work and life and in friendships you know you uh, I started avoiding social situations um I you know at work I really just didn't feel like I, did, I was deserving of everything and because of that I was taken advantage of like mm. you know I was working 12 to 14 hour days and getting paid a seven hour a day salary you know um and 
I never actually felt I was deserving to look for something else or to to actually ask for more compensation for the work I was doing. So it's you know it's spilled into absolutely every every part of my life. And in 2015, I was at the peak of my fitness, running ultra like full ultra marathons. Um, and I actually had a blood clot on my brain. And in that moment, when the doctor was telling me, Mrs. Kuhith, you can no longer exercise um, and you're going to have to take things slow and we're going to have to put you on blood thinners. So you can't do anything that's going to risk, you know, bleeding, <laughs> which means I, you know, I had to really take all the exercise out of my routine, which was the only way I could cope with all this binge eating, um, I was sitting on that hospital bed and I was wondering, well, how am I going to make up now for all these calories that I eat? And that's when I realized, gosh, this is, this is not a healthy lifestyle. This is, this is something a lot more obsessive. And that's, I think that's where my, the penny dropped. I actually, I have a problem and yeah, that, that was <laughs> kind of a big moment for me. Yeah, I find it interesting, um, you know, just as you talk about that and as I've interviewed other guests and things on this podcast, it's just that, you know, that <clears throat> idea of doing things, doing something and that you don't really want to do it or you feel like you're being, I mean, you didn't really talk about it controlling you, but mm -hmm. but that's what I hear from others is that, again, either the restricting or the binging, it's taking control and not yeah. only with our eating, but it impacts all areas of our lives yeah. and um, leads to being, like you said, low self-esteem to shame to like, you know, it's the secret, but you're just, it just impacts you. And then the way that you show up in, in the world. And perhaps you didn't, I guess I would, I wanted to ask like, you know, who knew about it, if anybody knew about it, because, you know, when you talk about like working long hours and being taken advantage of and like, you know, and you said you didn't feel like you were deserving of, you know, more pay or less hours or things like that. I just, it <laughs> seems like there's, again, with all of the, I bring that to light just because there's so much conversation about how these, these disorders are just, they're secretive, but then they just change you know, they take over us and they change us. And so we're, yeah. again, because we're so controlled by it, and then it just impacts, you said, all areas of your life. And and sometimes we don't realize how controlling it is until somebody tells us that, you know, we can't do something that is, if you will, feeding the whole, the whole, you know, disorder or addiction. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, and to be honest, no, no one, no one knew. Like this, this is not, obviously not something that I wanted to tell anyone. Um, I, you know, I reached out to dietitians, and the dietitians told me, "Well, just sit through your cravings." You know, I, um, I hired a personal trainer who did macro coaching with me, and she pretty much said the same thing. She just said, "You, you need to be more disciplined." And I'm like, "Well, like, I am disciplined. I am so disciplined." And then everything just you know, goes crazy. And that made me think, well, there must be something wrong with me. And then I, you know, 
went to a psychologist. I because there was some stuff happening in my life and the binge eating escalated and I, you know, called this like went to go see a psychologist and she had one look at me and she said, Well, you cannot be a binge eater. You don't, cannot have a binge eating problem because you don't look like a binge eater. And so, you know, meanwhile she didn't ask, well, do you make up for what you eat or how much do you eat or do you eat in secrets or you know none of that was asked she just asked oh well what did you eat and I explained to her and she's like well you know that's not really considered a binge eating because her textbook definition is you need to eat so many million calories or like over your daily and you know whatever the case mm-hmm. is right so the the professionals I reached out to and you know given that yes early like you know, 2020, 13, 2015, when I was reaching out to these people, um, binge eating disorder was not recognized yet as a real, it was just starting to become recognized in, you know, the psychology circles as an, like an eating eating problem, you know. Um, orthorexia, definitely not either, you know. So mm-hmm. no one knew to ask those questions. Are you overly obsessive with what you eat, um, that kind of thing. So, but my point is I reached out to these professionals And they kind of dismissed what I was experiencing. And so that just put me back into, well, clearly there's something wrong with me. I'm alone in this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, yeah, like I just just cannot be fixed, you know. So Mm -hmm. that, again, just eats back into the the self-esteem. Like I can't tell anyone because, you know, there's – I'm almost like a freak here because everyone else seems, seems to be normal with this kind of stuff. But here I am, like I'm not coping. Right. Yeah. And you're not, and nobody's understanding what you're going through and, yeah. you know, good for you that you reached out because you obviously wanted some type of help, but certainly frustrating. I would think if those that you reached out to just didn't even seem to validate uh, what you were going through or the thoughts that you were having and offer any type of, yeah. you know, solution, help, guidance, that type of thing. Yeah. So how did you get, how did you get through that? Was it that you like hit a rock bottom and, or you did finally <laughs> find somebody that would listen to you and help you and validated what you were going through or? Yeah. So um, in, in 2018, I actually did my yoga teacher certification and through that process I really started connecting more with my body in a non-physical way so I started really appreciating what I had from from my, my body you know and that's kind of opened the relationship to being more compassionate to myself and my body as well but that's that was the first time where I actually started feeling a little bit more accepting of, you know, this soul suit. And um, at the same time as doing my yoga teacher qualification, or I completed my yoga teacher qualifications, and I, at the same time I started my health coaching um, qualification. And one of the health coaches, um, uh, I kind of connected with her on Facebook. She's based here in Australia. She specialized in eating disorders and, you know, I, I didn't think I had an eating disorder 
I just thought, well, you know, and then the one day I just heard her like speak on, on a Facebook live really about her personal experience and what she described was exactly what I felt. Uh, so I reached out to her and yeah, it felt like the relief that someone actually mm. understood what I was going through. And so I worked with her for, you know, a, a few months to um, sort out my binge eating problems. And then, you know, obviously we continued working together to delve deeper into the body image issues. <laughs> That's so getting people now from my own experience, you know, helping other women with binge eating and, and emotional eating, getting someone to stop eating patterns and getting them into a healthy relationship with food is 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 pretty easy, you know. Once once we get them into the right system and the right steps, but the body reversing decades of body image that takes that's a longer journey. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I would, as I said beforehand, uh, before we went live, you know, there's times that you know I deal with it too, and I think my friends do, and people that I know, you know, and. And I know I had an eating disorder myself in college, but you didn't have to have, you don't have to have had an eating disorder to have body image issues. I mean, it's just yeah. this society that we're supposed to look a certain way and dress a certain yeah. way and um, cover up the, you know, cover up the rolls and pull in the fat and all that kind yeah. of stuff, or we <laughs> should be certain sizes and things like that. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a self-acceptance type of thing which is not always easy no no definitely not yeah and like you mentioned before often it is really about a form of control when something out in our life is not you know feels out of our control food and you know exercise is something that we can actually uh, physically control um, and mm -hmm. that's obviously why a lot of people into to in that direction um, and i see that a lot with emotional eating obviously Mm -hmm. feel out of control in an emotional space then food can be that comfort mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and um you know it's sometimes the it's the thoughts that we have and trying to you know to, to reverse those thoughts or just think about again think about how we're feeling i'd love to talk a little bit about that um, again the emotional eating part or or the tips that you provide for people because i think that Again, it's that it's the emotions or how are you feeling now? And as I've heard from others, sometimes it's like, well, then, and even things that I work with with myself with mindset and things like that, like, okay, we feel this, but what if we thought this way? Or what if we did this, you know, switching that thinking or switching that or being curious about the possibility of something different, you know, yeah. and trying to change things, shake things up, change things up. Brought to you by Gorski Wellness and the possibility of a better you. Are you feeling sluggish? Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skincare, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle, 
Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. So as you went into this health or worked with this health coach, was that kind of an inspiration to you then to, as you were getting through your journey and and learning things there about yourself, was that your inspiration to to help others or to start your business that you have now or? Well, yeah, I wanted to, to help others, but I wasn't too sure how, you know, I've got so many different modalities that, you know, when, when we start on this like health, health um, journey, you know, studying health modalities it's like you just want to learn more so I I'm an energy healer as well and I studied uh, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy and EFT tapping so yeah once I kind of um completed my my healing journey I was coaching other clients uh already just just in general health but my um my coach said to me you know, she she give me little um, tasks to do, like obviously as you do as a coach, and I would always add my own like practices on, you know, on top of it. And she'd be so impressed, just like Stella, you're just so innovative, and you just have so much to offer in a very holistic way. Uh, you can actually just you can help others in this space too, which is lovely of her because you know obviously that would be direct competition to her, mm. <laughs> but she she she's you know, she's like, Sal, you've got all the experience, you know exactly what these women have experienced. You're probably the best person to to help. And that's where I started opening up more about my, my journey um, and speaking up about it. I started a podcast um, just talking about my experiences and people started reaching out. And that's kind of how I started with, you know, um, helping people in the general space of emotional eating, body image, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think those that have been through a particular journey are the best to help others that are going through that similar, you know, journey. We find again, so many people that I've interviewed for this podcast have had that same story. You know, they've come through, they really feel like, you know, for all the people that helped them and the struggles that they've been, they really want to help those people in that space. Um, you know, my daughter tends to say though at times because she's thought about that that as well but she said that sometimes it's a little too close to home too so you know Mm. um but again i think it's wonderful that um that you have found that passion to help other people again for what i think we become these experts i mean you've gotten obviously some great coaching and certifications and training and things like that but i also feel like we become these experts by experience because of the things that we've gone through and only those that have gone through it can really share that, you know, with others and really kind of relate, you know, relate to that, you know, relate to those other people that are going through it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing my clients really appreciate because, you know, I would share um, when we're talking about a certain topic, I would share what my experience was and how I use this tool that we are learning today um, to break uh, free of, you know, whatever it was in, in this mm-hmm. specific session. And they really appreciate understanding that, you know, this is not just something I've learned out of a textbook. Right. And I never applied myself. They love hearing how I personally experienced this. And, yeah, it, it really helps them to feel 
comfortable. One of you know the one of the biggest things I normally get in my um, interviews when I um, interview my clients for like you know testimonials is they just like Stel, you have been the one person that I can come and talk to about this that has been a secret for decades and for so many years of my life. And you didn't judge me. You just held a space for me. You, you know, nothing was a shock to you. You just absolutely understood what I was saying. And I had felt the safety um, of being able to, to open up to you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's really nice to hear that because I did not have that for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it really is inspiring that I can be that for so many women now. Right. Well, yeah. And I think that's the key to being able to work with somebody is for them really to be able to trust you, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to open up, you know, be it that it's health coaching or, you know, business coaching or, you know, when you can develop that trust, people know you and they like you and they trust you, then they're willing to, you know, be open and really share those, share the things. Because as we all know, it's not, I mean, it's not just about the eating and it's not just about, I mean, it's what's coming, what's underneath all of that. What's the reason? Yeah. What's the why that's happening there that's leading them to these different, different behaviors? Yeah. It's the, the eating is the symptom. The body image is the symptom, mm-hmm. you know, that is, you know, when we address just that, you know, or we want to add just discipline or willpower to something that's already just a symptom you know, it's it's bound to keep continuing. Um, mm-hmm. Need to get to the bottom of um, where that comes from. Yeah, you know how do you how do you work with them? Is it you know to get them to see their beauty or to again reclaim <laughs> what the the beauty that's inside of them? How you know how is it that you work with them? Just you know briefly, and then obviously just so that people can hear some examples. So if they do want to know more and and they can connect with you and and um, learn more from how you can help them. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of work on a um, on a three step process, and the first one is you know working on feeling safe with food. So we start really implementing and getting to a point where you know food is just food and you know it doesn't matter what's in the cupboard it's not calling your name one of my clients for example currently she's in the UK she would not be able to walk past the the convenience store on her way home because she would just buy binge food all the time and she'd actually say well it would call me you know like it's literally it's like I would blink and I have bought binge foods like and I'm walking back home and I'm already eating the food on my way home. So we got her to understand why that was there in the first place and helped her feel safe with food. We've now introduced having those foods back in in the house, you know. Mm. Most people feel, well, I, I can't trust myself with this stuff. I need to get rid of it. So we build trust with food. Um, and w- once we do that, that is when we can start feeling more more natural. I also help them to listen to their bodies instead of to a diet book. Really understanding how food makes us feel and how, you know, how we can start looking at separate food from emotions. 
And, you know, that's a really hard one because we have been conditioned for so many years to use food. You know, since we were babies, we were soothed with food in some way or form, you know, whether you got a lolly when you hurt your knee or whether you went out to celebrate with waffles with a good report card. That is all part of the emotional eating cycle conditioning that we have learned consciously or unconsciously from our environment. So and that's the second step is to start separating emotions from food. And then we go deeper into the emotional, what I call emotional wounds. The reason why we feel we need to comfort with food, you know, it not, might not be a specific moment. It might be a specific um, just period of your life. It might just be currently in your life that's, you know, Food is your only distraction, but we go deep into where that is in your body and we actually release that somatically as well. So I do, um, that's where my energy work comes in. <laughs> and then the third part is to start building real habits. Now that we are in a space of feeling safe with, with food and we feel we're starting to feel safe and accepting in our bodies, how can we create day-to-day -day little habits that can support us to, to keep that process going. Mm -hmm. From a body perspective, I also love working with feeling safe, first of all, in our bodies is very important. Same with same as food. You need to have that sense of safety. And so I actually combine my uh, body image programs with uh, the, the chakra system mm -hmm. and start mm -hmm. working with the physical and emotional aspects of the chakras as we release the body shame and the guilt and, and everything else. Yeah, that's great. And I think um, I have notes here and I don't know, again, it was a while ago that we connected initially. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do have a girlfriend that does, um, has a business that I, I think I told you about that has, it's kind of like the, it's called the freedom keys, but it's um, kind of releasing that she, well, I say this because she has, um, it's about connecting with your desires and your body and, um, kind of redefining your, well, I'll let her, she's going to be my guest pretty soon here, but she does, um, she just got certified recently in chakra dancing. And I'm really curious about that. I haven't been able to go to any of her events that she's had, but it's, I think it's that type of idea that connecting with the chakras and releasing mm -hmm. and dancing and being free and things like that. I think, cause I took these notes here and I wanted to connect you to, because I feel like you do, you know, similar, similar work, um, like that too. Oh, um, I would love to connect with her. Thank you. It would yeah, be amazing. Yeah, I'll make sure that, I, <laughs> yeah, I make sure that I'll make that connection, uh, when we're off of this. Cause like I said, I, I had those notes before, but again, I love, I love all of this. I love the, um, as people have heard on this podcast, and I've interviewed people that talk about energy work and meditation and, and Reiki and chakras and all kinds of things. And my husband does some Reiki energy healing himself on the side and the side of oh, his um, marketing and advertising business. Um, he really has a, a love for helping people in that space too. So I love all of it because I think many people may look at like here and I think about in my nursing because I'm a retired nurse I think of it in my nursing days you know you would have a diagnosis that it's emotional eating or it's anorexia or whatever or it's a certain thing and then there's this care plan that's just step by step by step and you know just follow this and do this and stuff like that but 
I love what you do and that you really start to uncover those emotions and the wounds that are there. Because um, as we've talked many times here about that, going back to when you grew up or when you were in school and food was used as a reward or and then you saw it as a punishment if you didn't you know those all those kind of things I mean we can say okay let's eat healthier but unless we really get to the point of really uncovering these emotions and what's behind it you know it's these healthier habits that we create they're not going to stick right yeah because our belief system is built around that word Mm-hmm. And um, I have this. Um, I have an example of one of my clients. She she came to me. She already had gastric bypass surgery. Still struggled with emotional eating. She said, "Well, oh, my drinking is just getting out of control because I can't eat as much, and like I still have emotional eating problems. I just, just don't understand." But she would always and like literally probably the first six sessions we had together, she would always refer to herself as a fat pig, and. I addressed that once we had her eating like in a more stable space. I feel like if we don't get the eating right, people are not going to, they don't feel safe to go into the emotional stuff because that's the deeper work. So we started working on where did this, these words come from? And through a somatic practice, we discovered that at the age of three, she saw her mum in the mirror saying to herself, I am a fat pig. So the mom was standing in the mirror and looking at herself saying, I'm a fat pig. So as a three-year-old little girl, this client of mine took on the belief that, okay, well, if mom's a fat pig, then I am a fat pig too. And she started saying those words to herself. And that's the belief. That's the wound right there. She believed it. Mm-hmm. And because she was saying that to herself, she was breaking down her self-esteem. Like most of the time when she... When it came to trying to eat healthy, she's like, well, fuck it. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm a fat right. anyway. <laughs> right. So who cares, you know? And so we we actually broke through to, because that is that is the core belief that she's had her entire life. Mm-hmm. That After that session, amazing things happened. She started feeling more confident in her body. She, you know, her emotional eating completely stopped because we got to break through that bit of the belief mm-hmm. and yeah. that that's super powerful. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful. And um, again, a lot of times we need somebody to help us, you know, through that and glad that you were able to do that. And just sometimes it's just that it's the lies that become the law, you know, yeah. and um, <laughs> you know, I was doing a meditation practice. Um, I don't know the last few days and I just, it was about, a little bit about this, about the beliefs or what things were coming up and or what other people are telling you. But then, you know, doing and I do quite a bit of journaling and then doing the journaling to say, OK, but this is what this is leading you to believe when this person says this or you do this. But let's write the things that are contrary to that. Right. Mm-hmm. That I'm a fat pig. But let's write the things that that are contrary to that. Or, you know, my husband yeah. says this to me. And so I feel like I'm unlovable or whatever, but let's mm. talk about who loves you and how, you know, those kind of things. And, and I find that a powerful practice of the journaling, but again, it's just switching those things and just looking at that yeah. wound and saying, really, is that true today? It's not true. That, and also, is that my belief? Is that really right. true? Like, because most of the time it's not, it's like, who does that belong to? Like, right. Exactly. 
Right, so do you right. do you still want to carry that with you? Yes or no? Like, mm-hmm. and most of the times, like, oh, I, well, I didn't even realize unconsciously I've been carrying this belief that wasn't even mine. Right. And so we're like, okay, well, let's let's break that tie. <laughs> right. Just get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's what's so powerful is that we can mm-hmm. absolutely right? any yep. behavior because of when we find that belief, we can absolutely change our beliefs. And because of that, we can shape our reality. And um, because our behavior will change and our emotions will change. Yeah. Yeah. And then your future, your future can change. It can be a different, you can write a different story for the rest of your, for your life. When you change, you can get, you can change those thoughts and beliefs. And like you said, release it and saying, this isn't mine. This isn't mine to hold on to. And so releasing that and then being able to go on to live a, and sometimes just making that decision to get the help or talk with somebody about it. You know, that's, that's what I find in my own health coaching practice, if you will, that people it's that getting started and saying Mm -hmm. yes is the most difficult place, but there is this beautiful, that's what I talk with people about this possibility, but what if you could live in freedom with food, right? What if you could feel better and not need to take a nap? What if you could (laughs) earn some money? You know, it's those kind of like thinking about the, what it could be like. Yeah stepping into that curiosity instead of the judgments and mm-hmm. yeah yeah so true thing and i think that's that's important because moira because i think a lot of people don't reach out for help you know like i think this, the statistics here in australia is uh, you know at any given year there's a million people struggling with eating disorders mm. um and binge eating being one of the most the major eating disorders currently in in the states as well as um, Australia and I think there's only 30% of people with binge eating disorder who actually seek out help because of mm. the, the fear and the stigma that might may may be there <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um which is which is quite scary and i think that's what i I think you appreciate this as well as creating that environment where we support people um without judgment and Mm -hmm. you know let them feel safe to reach out um without feeling that like somebody is gonna you know judge them for for what's happening in their life which is something that's not their fault (laughs) right Right, exactly. So where can people find you if they do want to connect with you and perhaps um, have a call with you or just see what you're, you know, that perhaps you could help them? Absolutely. People can reach out to me on Instagram uh, at Wholesome Lifestyle Project. Also my website, wholesomelifestyleproject.com. I have a little chat function on the website itself. You can just send me an email from there um, and I will get back to you. Mm -hmm. Set up a time to chat, very informal, just like hear what's been going on for you and we can take it from there yeah i think those discovery calls if you will um are always the best way to start because you never know until you have a conversation to see that you could help them and stuff like that and you do i mean you're in australia you talked about helping somebody in the uk i mean do you help people all over yeah absolutely i have i actually have strangely enough more clients in the us and the uk than I do in Australia. I don't know mm. if I if, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Even my podcast, we have I have more audience. It's good though. It's good though. Nothing wrong with with that. So um, yeah. 
you know, I love this conversation. I know we could have more of it and on and on um, <laughs> because it, again, it just continues to be prevalent today. So I'm really, really grateful for the work that you do and helping those people that are in this space and um, really help them move on to that more vibrant life and radiant life too. Um, so I appreciate you joining me today, Stell. Um, what would you say is any kind of parting words, last words to my audience? You know, I think when we we look at emotional eating, we need to see it as a as a you know as a symptom and not something that's wrong with us. It's also not the enemy. When we can actually start working with the emotional eating um, and get to the bottom as to why it's there, um, then like we already said, then we can actually we can change that a lot. So don't ever feel like there's something wrong with you if you struggle and and food is currently your coping crutch. Um, mm. That's all okay, you know. And know that there are people out there who understand what you've gone through, <laughs> and that are also able to help you through it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Stella. I appreciate that. And um, again, know the listeners are going to love this. This was a great, great conversation. I do appreciate it. You'll see the connections in the show notes as I as I wrap up this uh, podcast. You can get connected with Stella and see what she's up to um, on social media and connect with her. I do encourage you to do that because we don't want to walk this life alone and again, feel like we are alone or there's something wrong with us because we have some struggles here and there. Um, that's what the purpose of this podcast is to just have to help people realize that they're not alone and uh, there is hope there. Um, and we all should be living vibrant, um, healthy lives and not be ashamed that sometimes we need a little extra support or some different ideas from others. So um, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, audience, for listening. As always, please do continue to share, rate and review these podcasts because that's how we can continue to get the word out to others that need to hear it. So thank you again. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.